Welcome to another episode of the Big J and Little J Show, episode 19, where we'll be discussing Wake versus Army. But first, Wake is coming off an exciting and big-time win on the road against Florida State. They went in there just about a touchdown underdog, and we'll dive in there. But it seemed like Dave Clawson had his boys ready to play after he admittedly said that the locker room was down after the Clemson loss, Connor. Yeah, that was the thing that uh... – you know, I appreciate the honesty from Dave. Um, the nobody, nobody tried to hide uh, that they were down last week, but I got the sense that it was kind of a weird vibe when I was around there Tuesday, um, talking to some other people around the program. It was kind of touch and go whether they were going to be back or whether this was going to be a rough game because they were wallowing and. Uh, they put those skepticisms to bed uh, pretty early. You know, the first drive, I think, was 80 yards. The second drive was 90 yards. Or no, the, the second and third drives, the first one, they, they had a bad uh, series there. But, man, they dominated the middle majority of that game. Um, anytime you get out 28-7 in a road game in the ACC, you're doing a lot of things well. Um their defense locked in. Uh, special teams were a little wobbly here and there, but for the most part, okay. And their offense, when when they get rolling, it's not just the deep balls. Like everybody thinks it, it's going to be the deep balls because that's what they hit Clemson with. Um, they're so good at slot receiver, and they're missing their top two tight ends. Maybe their top three. There's one that uh, got injured in a bowl practice and hasn't suited up yet this year, but. They're putting in tight ends that basically had not played significant snaps this season, and they're out there catching uh, third and medium conversions. Um, it's just – it's – you say this over and over again, it kind of loses meaning, but the offense for Wake really is a well-oiled machine. And one or two parts go down, you're – you know, the defense takes one or two parts away, like they can try to take away all the deep shots – the other parts still work like the, the the offense functions even if you take away this that and the other they've got this other option that you might not think of or you might not you might think is a little weaker because you haven't seen it but they'll go to it and it'll work so yeah it's it was a uh it was a big win uh there's no you know there's no sugarcoat like i can talk about the deficiencies fsu has but uh, on the on the whole that's a huge win for wake yeah and i mean like you said offense is a well-oiled machine they were 10 of 18 on third down in the game three or three on fourth but in the first half they were 7 of 11 on third and two for two on fourth so like clawson and hartman had a game plan executed it put points on the board and now i can say comfortably that I'm two and zero oh in predicting that Wake will be in games if they run the ball well and the other and they hold the <laughs> opponent to say under 150 yards like this game. This game they found the run game. I mean they outrushed Florida State, who's known as a running team. Like Travis is definitely dynamic on the ground, just like he is in the air. And the Demon Deacons ran for 171 yards, which is by far the most they've had uh, this season. And the key man for that was Ellison. I mean, he had for 118 or 114 yards on 18 carries and a touchdown, and he just exploded for Wake Forest when they needed him the most. 
he has played his best two games, Wake's last two games. Like, his numbers might not have been all the way there against Clemson, but the yards that he gained against Clemson and the blitz pickups that he uh, put his body on the line for against Clemson were fantastic. And then he goes out and breaks a few long runs, uh, had some, you know, seven-yard runs on first down, which just open up your offense so much when you're when you're looking at second and short. It's such an advantage down. Um, he ran great, and he runs tough. He's physical. He's jittery. He reminds me a lot of, uh, not a lot, but a little bit of Matt uh, Matt Colburn, uh, the second. Um, in just the the way he's patient and lets blocks develop, but also he's picking up yards while he's doing that. Like he's, he's kind of chopping his feet and still moving forward while he's letting those blocks develop. And all of a sudden you realize like, Oh, he broke one tackle or, or, you know, the first guy to him brought him down, but it's a seven yard game. And that's still a, a seven yard run is almost in any situation going to be a good run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the, I, he he has been key. Christian Turner being in there for that last drive in the fourth quarter, the 18-play, 66-yard drive that effectively sealed the game, speaks so highly to the steps he's made in ball security. Like he was terrible with ball security last season, um, and terrible is relative. Like terrible by Wake standards is fumbling maybe three times in a season. They do not, you know, they have a a big time. The ball is the program stress. And if you fumble, you are probably not playing significant reps for Wake Forest uh, if they have other guys to put in there, which they do. So he really worked on that over the summer. It really, it, it showed in fall camp a little bit. And now it's really showing the confidence that the staff has in him to put him in for that last drive. Um, just just speaks volumes to how far he's come since last season. Yeah, and like Clawson said about this team too, it was a gutty, incredible team win because you guys were up. Wake Forest was up twenty-eight to seven, and then here comes Florida State at home scoring twenty-one to make it a one-score game. Twenty-eight twenty-one after that fifty-eight-yard drive where Travis threw a touchdown, and then they got the two-point conversion. And like you said, it's like okay. Seems like it might be reeling just a little bit. And then Wake Forest is like, nope, we have the best offense in the ACC. We're just going to go. We're going to dictate this fourth quarter right here and get points about the end of it. And that's what they did. 18 play, 66-yard drive, you said. And then yeah, and the field and, goal with about three know, even, even Sam's worst throw of the game is a third down completion to Keyshawn Williams where he goes up and mosses a guy on the sideline. And that was one that I tweeted out that, you know, that's got to be the catch of the season, given the circumstance and given uh, what it almost certainly was going to be for Florida State. Like that was an interception and that was a DB running down the sideline for a touchdown in all likelihood. Like maybe a wake lineman or Sam takes a good angle and pushes him out. But that you're going from a turnover to a third down conversion around midfield. It's just an incredible play uh, for a, I don't know what, I, I can't remember what Wake list Keyshawn Williams has. I'm five foot nine. I think Keyshawn and I kind of look each other in the eye the times that I've talked to him in person. So I would guess that he's listed around under six foot. 
And for him to go up and make that type of play is just incredible. Yeah, and he was one of the eight receivers that called a pass from Hartman. And A.T. Perry had eight catches for 91 yards and touchdown. I mean, that's what you can almost guarantee every Saturday is A.T. Perry's going to get his catches and yards and a touchdown. And that that makes me want to go into the point that I had. I tweeted about it, and you retweeted about it. Uh, the most talented teams in the ACC, there was a graphic that Fox College Football tweeted and had Duke 12th. Based off these are based off of stars, by the way, for the listeners. So like five stars and four stars on the team. And Duke and Syracuse and Wake Forest were 12th, 13th, and 14th. So bottom tier of the ACC. Clemson, Miami, UNC, and then I'm gonna say Florida State was fourth. So Wake Forest, the worst team in the ACC, if you want to go by team composite, which you and I think or I can I can I think I can speak for both of us when I say it's a joke. Oh, you can speak for both of us. Okay, yeah, it's a joke. So the worst team in the in the ACC beat Florida State, the fourth best team at Florida State, and they took the number one team in the ACC into overtime, and arguably should have beaten Clemson, and then Miami lost a heartbreaker against Middle Tennessee State, who is known as a powerhouse, and then UNC lost to Notre Dame's backup QB who put about 50 points on the board, it seemed like. So I had fun with that because I said the top three combined records are 11-3, and three, the bottom three combined records are 13-2, and two, and the two losses that those bottom three teams have is to number five Clemson and now number 19 Kansas at Kansas. <laughs> so, And they're both one-score games. So as you and I have known, I think that's a joke. Hartman is – arguably the best QB. Wake does have the best receiving core in the ACC. Uh, That's not even always... – like, it's funny. It, it is funny because going into the season, I think I said it was either Wake or Virginia with the best receiving core in the ACC. It is clearly Wake Forest. Oh, my God. I think Virginia still has talent. We can get to this in the Duke episode, but, man, those Virginia receivers – uh, that's a that's a yikes situation. So, yeah, Wake clearly has the best receivers in the ACC. I think it, if you want to tell me Wake has the best receiving core in the country other than Ohio State, if you want to compare them to Ohio State, yeah, I think that's all well and good. Like, I don't think that's a crazy notion. But, yeah, ACC, I mean, <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter the other day say, submit that it was like, Wake has the best receivers in the ACC. Like, it was kind of not a given. Um, I mean, well, the- no, nobody else comes close to the talent that Wake Forest has when you look at the top five and the two slots and the three outside guys. No, absolutely not. And if you look at the uh, the lead up to the Clemson game, Wake and Clemson, it's like, well, Wake probably won't score against Clemson's defense. And then they did. And as a Duke fan, I can take appreciation of this. And as you cover Wake and Duke, you know this too. People love to change the narrative. After that game, it's like, wow, Clemson's defense, their D- DBs are not as good as we once thought. They are bad. And then they dominated NC State this past week. And it's like, wait a minute. Like, you can't just go and say Clemson has a stellar defense, get lit up by Wake Forest, and not credit Wake Forest. Instead, it's Wake's DBs are bad. And then they beat NC State basically command like dominate that game and then the narrative's back on like this might be a college football playoff team okay well you better scratch wake forces back too because they put up 48 points against this team 
So this, this is where all the Wake fans listening to you say, welcome to my world. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm a Duke fan, and I've always <laughs> went, went toe-to-toe with this, too. Like I talked about in one of the Duke episodes, they were moving goalposts when the preview of Duke, Kansas. Like, well, Duke hasn't played anybody. I understand that now, but the total team over-under was three and a half wins, and it was heavily favored as the under. So, yes, I know that, but <laughs> – they beat the teams you didn't think they were going to beat was my point. And then Virginia, we'll go into that later, but three-point favorite against Virginia, and we're up 21 nothing in the first quarter, first half. It's just the narratives Elko and Clawson can just laugh over probably through text is I would love to be like a fly on the wall in those conversations because they have guys and they've – They've coached off their guys so well this season. And Clawson's done it for years now at Wake. And he's just very special at Wake. I mean, he really is. And we'll get into the Army recap or the Army preview soon. But I just wanted to give flowers to Wake Forest because, I mean, they're beating and competing with the quote-unquote top-tier ACC teams. So, Yeah, it goes to – it's there's, – there's so much that goes into it. Uh, it's first it's talent evaluation like it's getting the right type of guys to camp at wake it's diagnosing what skills will translate and what skills won't at wake what attributes will and won't um then it's hanging on to them like that's that's the process we're in now and that's the process where they're losing a kid um they just had a corner decommit because you know the writing has kind of been on the wall he got offered by clemson yeah. Uh, I think Georgia is showing interest. So when you're when your three star corners are all of a sudden getting poached by Clemson, I mean, you know, I work for one of these services and I don't have any shame in telling you, yeah, you can probably bank on Khalil Barnes getting that fourth star. Uh, you know, we God, I've been told about uh, some kids that'll commit to wake silently. And they'll hold on to that commitment for up to two and three months without announcing because they want to rack up other offers from the big schools like a Carolina or a Notre Dame or Clemson or Georgia or down the list of, of the bigger name schools that recruit so they can get their fourth star. So, you know, cause that, you know, you can, you can criticize the 17 year olds priorities all you want. That's a cool thing for a 17 year old to have. They can say they're a four star recruit instead of, you know, basically everybody is a three star. I don't I don't think anybody is a two star or one star these days other than holders and kickers and punters. And we already way back uh, in the beginning of this podcast, we talked about the discovering the star rankings for specialists. But but yeah, it, it's just it's it's such a contradiction of the star, like the, the star system, such a contradiction. Um, you have to get recruited by the big boys. Then you get bumped in your ratings. I think there is some validity to the rankings once for the top of the top. Like I think the top three, four, maybe 500 guys that are ranked, uh, there's some legitimacy there. Those are the guys that actually get evaluated. Once you get past a certain point, it's, it's, you're just throwing, you're just throwing darts at a random dartboard. Uh, you know, that's, and, and, I mean, this is this is the wake episode, so I can talk about this one very well. Like Jesse Bates was a two star 
Greg Dortch was a two-star. Phil Haynes was a two-star. Those guys are in the NFL. Uh, Jake Benzinger was a two-star, and he got a cup of coffee with the Colts and was a three-year starter for Wake. Uh, these guys, they just – Wake evaluates the talent. They know what they can mold into what they want to be a quality ACC starter, and then you're you're kind of – you're going from there. Um and it's a development factor. Yeah, and that's what these composites need to be. Like, you need to adjust the rankings of what they are now in college. Because Sam Hartman is damn near five-star QB. If he's not a five-star QB, I would love to hear the argument why he isn't with the numbers he puts up. In the uh, game against Florida State, Hartman moved into fifth place on the ACC's career list in passing yards. So, he's five-star. That's five stars. I know, he's, I know he's getting up there, yeah. And uh, to go off of that point, too, it's as a Duke fan, also in basketball, like I know the star rating benefits Duke in basketball rankings. Like they get a commit of a four star, and all of a sudden this kid is now top 20 in the country when he was 76th a month ago. He played one AAU tournament since he was 76th to 20th. What happened? You know yeah, what happened. Jake. Jaden shoot comes to mind and he didn't even get that much of a bump, but he was way down there. Duke offered him and it was pretty clear. Like he was a Duke lean. All of a sudden he's up in the seventies and yep. a four star. And then when they <laughs> transfer away from Duke or wake, and if they're pretty good in case for Duke's case was Bobo, he was an 82 and 83 wide receiver slash tight end coming to Duke. And then in the transfer portal, he was an 88, which is almost a four-star. And it's like, okay, what are we doing? I'm eight. That's probably accurate, but if he would have stayed with Duke, the team composite would have still been bad. And then he went off on uh, Saturday, Friday night football. They beat Washington. He had like 150 yards receiving and two touchdowns. And I know we're getting sidetracked, but it's just you and I – it irks us to no end because Wake and Duke do not get the appreciation they deserve. Wake right now does not get the appreciation they deserve being constantly ranked in the top 25 the last couple of years. And, oh, by the way, they're, what, 10th last year? That was the highest they got? What was the highest they got last year? Yeah, I think the CFP was nine. Okay. I don't know what the highest AP was. And um, then the AP poll is a joke, like the voters – College ball Reddit, that's what I was looking up on my phone. They do a great job of like showing every single voter's top 25 poll. And they have one guy has Florida still like four, 13th or 14th, and they're two and two or three and two. And Wake Forest was like 24th on their ballot. If you like that, what I'll do it. Do you, do you know about the site collegepolltracker.com? I do not. I'll send you that one. Uh, I think that's the right address. Collegepolltracker.com allows you to go in and see every voter's ballot and see where every voter they even added a few. See, when I was an AP voter, I was a little too obsessed with it and I would check every week and it was <laughs> like it was not healthy. Um, but yeah, you can, it's, it's a good website that tracks every AP ballot. Uh, so you'll be able to pull up a team's page and see that, like, these are the one or two people that are highest on your team. These are the, you know, one or two people who are lowest on your team or not even ranking your team. That's a, yeah. I spent too much time on there when I was a voter, and I've kind of, I go there every now and then. But 
That's uh, a good one if you want to track. It's a lot easier than looking uh, at 62 ballots off, off with the in the same tweet. Send that to me. So we are now going into Army preview. Army comes in one and three. They're coming off a loss to Georgia State, and they were dominated by Georgia State on the ground. Georgia State had almost 300 yards rushing, 299 yards, and three touchdowns. Two players ran for over 100 yards. Hopefully, Wake uh, success on the run in the run game translates this week against Army. The spread is Wake Forest minus 17, the over under 66 and a half. Wake Forest covered the over under by themselves in last year's contest in the 70 to 56 win, where you want to have yards. Wake had 638, Army had 595, Hartman threw for 458, and time of possession, Army ran 83 plays to 43 minutes of possession or of total possession, and Wake ran 52 plays with 17 minutes of possession. And for that to be that lopsided and Wake come out with a victory was is insane to reread. I know you've done enough of Wake and Army. So far removed from that game that I've kind of washed those numbers out, and I hadn't gone back yet this week. But it's like 11 or 12 yards of play for Wake. It's, it was insane. You know, 70 points. And 17 minutes time of possession is Ken Palm would probably explode if that happened. <laughs> like there was one punt the whole game. Yeah. Army uh, once. Now is it. And they had and two turnovers. Army's second punt, they lined up to punt and threw a pick six. Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. It was it was this weird fake. Like they lined up like they were gonna kick a field goal, then they shifted and into a like semi pooch formation and then they tried to pass out of it and at least that's my foggy memory of the play and they had a guy open he was wide open and Travion Red wakes uh really savvy safety just came out of nowhere and got a got a pick and returned it I think 70 or 80 some yards for a touchdown it was just it was a ridiculous play that really you know, in a game that Wake's defense gave up 56 points and was terrible, that won the game. Like, you're – you're they were going back and forth the entire game, and that let Wake get up two scores and kind of, you know, once you get that two-score lead against a triple option team that's just going to run the ball and uh, dominate time of possession like that, if you're in a one-score game against a team like that, they can beat you at the end. They can just get the ball and have the ball at the end of the game score a touchdown and get a two-point conversion, and all of a sudden you're down one. So to go off of triple option team, loves to run the ball. Army has been weird. They're one and three this year, so they're not like they were last year in terms of talent. Uh, I think they were four and three going into last year's matchup. They're one and three this year. One and two. Four and two. Oh, four and two, sorry. And, uh, and coming off a six-point loss to Wisconsin. Yeah, like they had some some dudes, and they were yeah. coached up very well. And this year, Jeff is Jeff Monken, right? He's the head coach at Army. Jeff Monken has apparently wanted to throw the ball a lot more than he has in the last two years. They were the QB, uh, what is his name? Is Cade Ballard. Cade Ballard has coming in this year had six career passes. He was two of six. This year he's 15 of 28. And we're this far into the season. And week one, he was three of five. Week two, they lost at UTSA, 
in overtime, and he was 11 of 15 for 221 yards. So yeah. they were throwing the pill, and then Villanova threw one pass, and then Georgia State, he was one of seven for 11 yards and a pick. So that might have arguably the worst passing performance in college football this season. But, uh, yeah, they love to run the ball, and Wake just needs to load the box and dare them to throw it deep. Yeah, it's a crazy – like, Army threw the ball against Wake last year. Uh, I don't remember the exact numbers. They might have thrown for about 180 or 200 yards. Um, Got it right here for you. It was 179 yards. Not, uh, yeah, nine of – sorry, 179 yards, yes. I'm looking at third down. Some of those completions – were against like an NFL cornerback right now, just here, Taylor. Like they were, Army was throwing and completing passes, com- contested catches against a really good Wake Forest corner. So this is an interesting game, man. Uh, you you want to look at Army's record. You want to look at what they've done and say they're not as good as they were last year. Uh, this is a game that Wake should get out and stay ahead comfortably. You just can't think that, though. Like, we can think that. Fans can think that. But anybody on Wake's team or anybody on Wake's staff starts thinking that, that's a that's a slippery slope that puts you right back into the dogfight you were in last year against this team. Um, it's, a, it's a weird, quirky game. Uh, Army, I think, has had fumbling issues. If they iron those out, then, you know, they, they'll – They'll keep the possessions low. Seven fumbles um, this year to go off that. Yeah. So it's just it's a it's a quirky offense to play against. When the offense works, it is, you know, objectively beautiful to watch. Like I covered enough high school football that if that if the wishbone is run correctly, it is so much fun to watch. Uh if it's not run correctly, you're going nowhere. Like it's just you're you're behind if you're getting behind schedule and you have to throw the ball when you're not a throwing team, it's not very good. And that's what wakes defensive game plan. Like it's not rocket science. You just have to get them off schedule and and win. Um, and, and I'm sure. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, offensively, like Wake doesn't go into this game thinking they're just they're going to score another seventy points, but they should have some matchup advantage. I wonder at the same time, too, with them not scoring 70 points, if they just want to control the clock and know that Army wants to do the same thing instead of gassing the defense. Because at some point, it's also on the offense that the defense is getting gashed because they've been out there for so long. And I wonder if Clawson – I mean, obviously, he'd love to have a eight-minute touchdown drive, but sometimes you can't do that. But I wonder if – his game plan at first will be, okay, we're going to dominate possession against a team that wants to dominate possession, and maybe it's a low-scoring first half, and then Wake Forest blows the doors off in the second half. Like, I 17 nothing at half or something like that, and then win 41-7 to seven or 10. Yeah, I mean, it'll be – I don't know if you go into it thinking that that much, like, this is where we come back to Wake's offense is going to take what you give them. So yeah. if you give them, especially with Army, like Army's corners are not Clemson or Florida State's corners. If you give them one-on-ones on the outside, Wake is going to throw the ball deep. Even if the if it's if it's the first half 
and it's 28 nothing and you're giving you're still giving up one-on-ones on the outside they're probably still going to be throwing the ball uh it's just the way the well-oiled machine works so and to go back to last year's point where you're talking about them throwing the ball jabari lewis was their quarterback he was nine for 11 140 yards and three touchdowns the receiver that really had a huge game for them was isaiah austin who had six catches for 107 yards and two touchdowns isaiah austin is still on the team this year but he only has four catches on the year so Obviously, I haven't watched many Army games. That's technically tied for second on the team and catches, but no touchdowns. So they probably throw a gadget play early in the first quarter to get see if Wake Forest is really loading the box and try and get a receiver going down the middle. Like, as a Duke fan, I've watched Duke play Army and Navy <laughs> for eight out of the last ten years, it seems like, one or the other. So I know that's going to be due against their – a three-score underdog, so they're going to try and get trickery early, and then they'll stick to their guns, no pun intended, the rest of the way. Yeah, they had uh, – there was one play that springs to mind where uh, – I can't remember the time of the game, but Army just ran a beautiful play where the quarterback all of a sudden dropped back. It looked like a normal you know, triple option run left or run right, whatever it was. Uh and had this guy just going down straight down the seam uncovered. And the ball had a little too much air under it. And uh, Wake's starting linebacker, Chase Jones, ran under it and barely got his, you know, tip of the fingertip on the ball and knocked it away. But it's – yeah, I mean, I, that that game last year, I had to get to a – I had to get, I had a wedding to get to. And I went into that game thinking like, all right, Army, it'll be under three hours. I'll be able to write a story and get get on the interviews. And it turned into I was getting dressed for the wedding while I'm watching the game and remote covering it. And the game ended like, all right, we're out the door. (laughs) Wedding season during football season is just the worst. People need to read the room when it comes to that. (laughs) So – I'll be short and sweet with my key to the game, and I already touched on it. You just have to win the time possession. It cannot be 43-17 to 17 this go-around. Uh, I think it should be more – Wake Forest have it 25 minutes, like eight, add eight more minutes to that, sure. I know I know that Army's going to have more time possession because they literally just run the clock the whole time, but if the defense can at least get off some of the – get off the field some and Wake can continue to show their running game does exist and Ellison and Turner do what they've have done the last couple of weeks, then I think Wake Forest rolls. Yeah, I think it's Army's first couple possessions are going to really tell us how much better Wake's defense is this year than last year. Um, it's a unit that I think they've shown improvement in some areas, but other areas they've left a little bit to be desired. So we'll see what they look like early. Uh, that'll kind of determine whether, all right, we're strap yourself in for another shootout uh, or if this will be a nice, clean, non-conference win to get you into your off week and set you up for the second half of your schedule. 